the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, it, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name, that happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. He picked his moment! 
All right, this is the two-man power trip of wrestling, and you are listening to feature episode lucky number 13 of the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only JP, John Paz, and John here to follow in just a couple of minutes in a phenomenal episode that we've got with WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler joining the two-man power trip of wrestling's feature program. And Dolph Ziggler is here to talk about his upcoming comedy show this Saturday night, SummerSlam Eve, on August 10th at the Rec Room in Toronto, Canada. It's a stand-up comedy experience where Dolph Ziggler and his roast battle nemesis, Sarah Tiana, team up for an awesome comedy show that will no doubt leave you in stitches while you are enjoying the SummerSlam weekend. But more from Dolph coming up about that appearance There is a lot to talk about in the world of Dolph Ziggler, including the SummerSlam festivities that will be taking place in Toronto as SummerSlam hits the Great White North. And Dolph Ziggler's got a pretty big task at hand as he battles WWE Hall of Famer and the man himself, Goldberg, in a match that's very surprising, but I think no doubt going to have a lot of eyeballs on as Goldberg looks to redeem himself after the last match that we saw Goldberg in a couple of months ago. But Dolph Ziggler, of course, always on the tip of the tongue of the wrestling fan, a guy who really in an era where maybe we don't have some of the uh, the the best stories in the world uh, in terms of the television product. Dolph Ziggler and his match performances definitely stand out, and that is a always key factor to the success of a wrestler is how they perform inside that ring. And, of course, Dolph Ziggler has an amazing collegiate background, so that is obviously not a problem for Dolph. But when you think about Dolph Ziggler and you think about his career in the WWE, obviously he's a two-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He's a multiple-time United States. He's been a tag team champion. And he's also a six-time Intercontinental Champion. So obviously, there's always interest in Dolph Ziggler being in the mix in the world of the WWE. Because, hey, when you put on good matches and you've got a great personality, then I think it's all kind of gravy. Because, you know, the delivery will be there. The performance will be there. And obviously, uh, Dolph being one of the more consistent superstars on the WWE roster. But, you know, in the last couple of years, we've seen him branch off and do a lot of other things. He's been on Fox News. We've seen him do multiple comedy tours across the United States. And this one being up in Canada, SummerSlam weekend, you got to give it to Dolph that he's always trying to look and see how he can kind of broaden the future for somebody like himself where, yeah, hey, he's funny. He's catchy. He's got a great personality. We've seen him on the roast battle on Comedy Central. And I think uh, there's obviously more for that in the future of Dolph Ziggler. But again, this show, it's at the Toronto Rec Room. It's the Dolph Ziggler Comedy Tour featuring WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler bringing his comedy stylings to Toronto with his roast battle nemesis, Sarah Tiana, who's also, she's been all over the map. She's been on Comedy Central. You can catch her stuff all over YouTube. She is a great comedian. And what a team of Dolph Ziggler and Sarah Tiana here invading the great white north. There's a general admission tier. There's the VIP tier where you are guaranteed premium seating. There's also meet and greet add-ons. And you can head on over to therecroom.com and get your tickets. 
tickets if you're in the Toronto listening area and you're going to be up there for SummerSlam weekend. It's the first time in a long time that SummerSlam is outside of either New York or L.A., so it's very cool to see the SummerSlam festivities be up there in Toronto, a great wrestling crowd that Toronto, Canada is. So I guess, hey, that's enough out of me. Uh, stay tuned for a great one here. John sitting down with Dolph Ziggler for a couple of minutes, and uh, it's time to show off. It's time to uh, get it rolling as we get into feature episode lucky number 13 with WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler. I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. Joining us on the line right now is a former two-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion, former two-time WWE U.S. and World Tag Team Champion, a former six-time WWE Intercontinental Champion. You may know him as the show-off. He is now doing some stand-up comedy as well. He is none other than Dolph Ziggler. Dolph, welcome to the What, a, what an intro. I don't know if I can follow that. <laughs> well, it's going to be tough. I, mean, I, I know. You got quite the resume there. So obviously coming up for you is, is, is a huge, huge weekend. And of course, SummerSlam, but even more important than that, comedy show on the 10th over at the rec room at the uh, Toronto Roadhouse. It's going to be on SummerSlam Eve. So tell us a little bit about this huge comedy show you have going on pre-SummerSlam. Yeah. I, I, I live for these because uh, the pay-per-views are always fun. A big event like SummerSlam brings in uh, fans from all over the world, different countries, different states, you name it. Uh, and it makes it so fun. Be- and the fact that I uh, I go out on the road and do comedy all the time with a friend of mine, Sarah Tiana, and we don't always have all these superstars with me because they're either at home or at a different show. But when it comes to these DZ and Friends show, like you're going to get at the rec room the night before SummerSlam, everyone's in Toronto, everyone's in town, NXT's happening, a bunch of events are happening, there's all these appearances. So all of my superstar friends are in town, and I like to have several different surprise cameos throughout all these DZ and French shows. So that's exactly what you're going to get uh, at the rec room after NXT 1030. We're going to start and it's going to be stand-up, jokes, Q&A, VIP meet and greet, and of course, tons of surprise guests of all my friends. That is pretty damn cool. And there's going to be a lot of people in that area. So it's definitely going to be jam-packed. It's going to be rockets. It's going to be crazy. How do you like doing these, you know, obviously stand-up comedy shows, but with, not their traditional comedy audience. I mean, you're probably getting a lot of wrestling fans as well, right? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's, you know, it's about two-thirds flat-out wrestling fans who are either there to do, like, get a cool Q&A with me because I'm very candid with all that stuff, or they're there to support me, get try and stand up and not know it out. But a ton of word of mouth have spread around. 
and that's what keeps all these shows going. So it is tons of wrestling fans, but now it's starting to be like 60-40 with some stand-up fans and people who have seen me uh, do a Q&A before or do some stand-up, and it's, and my face, it's, it, it's almost a backhanded compliment, but almost everybody's like, whoa, that was really funny. I'm surprised. And you're like, no, listen, like, <laughs> I know I, I'm working on it. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not at the top of my game. I need about 5,000 more reps to be great at what I do, but I love it. There's a huge chunk of the, of the comedy is based on people who are hardcore wrestling fans. There's a chunk of comedy that is for casual fans. And then there's a huge chunk of the show where I talk about dating and real life stuff. So you don't have to know anything about wrestling. But it is a big, huge wrestling weekend, and I get those reps in, and I get smooth, and I get fun, and it's really cool to watch what happens. There's crowd work, and uh, everyone's favorite is is the uh, the Q and A we do at the end of the show because Sarah Tiana, she's written for the roast, and her and I roasted each other on Roast Battle on Comedy Central, so we constantly just go back and forth at each other the entire time while doing the Q and A, and it's really fun. That is very cool, and obviously those fans in attendance. You get that Q and A along with it, meet and greet. So it's it's more than just a comedy show. I mean, you're getting a, a lot. It's a definitely a, you're getting your bang for your buck, so to speak. Absolutely. And since uh, you know a lot of it is word of mouth and grassroots and things, when we do the Q and A or the VIP meet and greet, I take my time with everybody. I talk with everybody. We have stories. We go back and forth, and uh, it's a lot of stuff that you can't answer. Like say on Twitter, if you do a Q and A, you got 140 characters or. You know, you're not sure what you can say and who's going to say what and interpret it the wrong way. So when you come to those shows, you do get a real candid answer from me. And that's, uh, I mean, I made a career out of doing that. But also, I focus on that at the shows, you know, to reward the people who came to the live show. Uh, but, of course, like I said, when, if this weekend it'll be DZ and Friends. So there'll be jokes, Q&A, surprise cameos, maybe some super kicks. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, it makes it really fun because there's like a wrestling aspect to it, which makes it that much different than any other comedy show. Yeah, definitely. And as far as wrestling and comedy and, and kind of mixing them together, you think wrestling helps you transition easier into the comedy world? Like as far as being in front of the crowds and kind of warming you up for what would be a stand-up career? Yeah, I mean, no matter what you do, um, coming from this background to where there is lots of live mic work, I'm sometimes doing a Q&A, sometimes uh, I'm in character doing promos, but I am used to being in front of a crowd, but I'm also used to, you know, being funny and talking to people anyway. So you don't exactly get that character, that, you know, from Monday Night Raw or SmackDown because that is, you know, a character I'm playing on TV. You get the, you know, the half-witty guy from Twitter who likes to be snarky and zing people and enjoy watching Rose. So clearly those two go hand in hand, you know, just being comfortable on stage, having fun, being able to riff with people. I'm used to it because I'm used to riffing in the ring on a microphone or also in a match if something goes wrong or just feeling things out. Um, you know, things are in my hands most of the time. So I'm the guy who's, you know, ready to improv, whether it's, you know, talking or physical or both or any of that stuff. So those two go hand in hand. And the, the more comfortable I am from wrestling for the last 14 years, the more comfortable I am in front of a crowd, even though when it comes to the stand-up comedy part, I am nervous as hell because I'm on like my 20th or 22nd show or something, and I know that I need 5,000 reps to be awesome at this, but I, I, you know, I bust my butt. I write every day, even if it's just for a half an hour. I write every day. I rework jokes. I rework everything, and uh, I bust my butt just like I do in wrestling to make the show great. Now, what kind of got you into stand-up comedy? Because obviously, you know, wrestling is at 14 years on top of the world, WB. What kind of got you into wanting to do the stand-up comedy? Uh, my whole life, I've, I've been, you know, I, I watched the old Saturday Night Live and Johnny Carson 
Tonight Show when I was a kid, and I didn't even understand what was going on. But I just, my brother and I, you know, we both do comedy. He does a lot of improv stuff. He writes books. And we both just have been fans for years and years and years. And for the last 10 years, I've been filling up notebooks with ideas and going over them and rewriting them. So I have these stacks and stacks and stacks of notebooks in my house, and I go back and I rework them and I, you know, write new jokes every day. And so I've just been a fan of, you know, entertainment and showmanship and getting a laugh and knowing, you know, what it takes to do that and, you know, why this comic got a laugh with this joke, but this other comic told the same joke and didn't get it because it comes down to timing and feeling the room out just like in wrestling. So there's all those aspects that are intertwined. And I like put on a show. I like people looking at me. I like people laughing and enjoying themselves. And uh, you know, just like a wrestling match, if it doesn't go well, I, you know, I go back to the drawing board and I write all day long and don't sleep. But uh, I've been very fortunate. All these shows have been solid. And the word of mouth has just added to more and more people coming to the next one. It's been really cool. Now, how would you rate yourself right now? Like you said, you need 5,000 more reps. But how would you kind of rate yourself right now and rate the experiences of being on the road, not wrestling, but the experiences of being on the road doing the comedy tour? It's funny because the, the, the road is almost the same life as a wrestling life. Just uh, with, with stand-ups, a lot of times they go to, you know, one city and they'll be there on the road for four days in a row, keeping themselves busy and doing the shows. With WWE, we'll do four or five shows in a row, but we're bouncing to different cities. So I'm used to that road life already. But, uh, I mean, it'd be hard to grade myself. I just know that people I look up to in this business have patted me on the back because they know I, – I know I got my foot in the door, and a lot of people come to shows to see Dolph Ziggler from, you know, from WWE. But because of that, uh, it's made me work that much harder because I know they expect a certain level from me wrestling-wise. And if they come and go, this guy's great at what he does, let's see, and they walk out of there let down because I half-assed it or it wasn't that funny – and, you know, they're not getting their money's worth and I don't have a show anymore. So I put the same amount of time in there. And several people that I look, look up to in the comedy world realize that the work is being put in and the reps are, are getting racked up here and there. And it's not just, hi, I'm Dolph, and you should be laughing because I'm, you know, happy I'm here. I'm, I'm here to bust my butt and be a good comic and tell you why I go to Chipotle and why I got turned down on a date and things like that and, and make <laughs> it that much funnier. I mean, it, you know, everything happens once, you know. Do you think as far as comedy and wrestling, do you think you almost want to transition more into doing comedy full time? Uh, it really depends. I want to get good at it. So, but I also, um, I, I've, I've talked to my boss, you know, for years now, I don't like sitting at home. I don't like taking time off every once in a while. You have to, but I hate it. So I do shows now where I'll do my entire WWE loop. I'll do Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and instead of going home Wednesday, I'll go do two stand-up shows Wednesday and Thursday and then just go right back on the road. So uh, I can do both pretty close to full-time and still rack up the reps. And maybe one day in a couple of years down the line, maybe we go in that direction full-time. But I really love the aspect of the two different shows and constantly staying busy. I love it. It is great that you kind of have that flexibility. Obviously, you've been in WWE for a long time. You kind of you know have a lot of clout, obviously have that resume too that you can kind of go out there and do your own thing and not just be kind of in the wrestling bubble so to speak but you know you're free to kind of explore and have other options yeah i mean i i i put i put 14 years in about 13 in before i started even taking a weekend off here and there just because you know, i've been almost too fortunate to not have many injuries to where i didn't miss a lot of time to where I'm around almost too much and I need to go away once in a while. So when that happens, I'll, you know, I always amp up my shows and, and get a few more, but I have been very lucky 
been very fortunate to put all this time preserved in the bank to where, hey, if I need, I need to uh, start taking a day off here and there just so I can put some time in somewhere else. But it's just to do something, you know, to stay busy and stay sharp on my game. It's not to, you know, go sit in Hawaii in a hammock for a day, you know, or anything. Right. Yep. Now, obviously, this is going to be huge uh, at the Roadhouse, at the rec room, this is SummerSlam Eve. But SummerSlam itself, you have all of a sudden become the, you know, the talk of the wrestling world. Because not only were you kind of feuding with Miz and then, you, you know, you mixed up with Shawn Michaels, but now you throw Goldberg into the mix as well. It feels like you're, um, you know, you got a lot of people coming after you, but your name is right there at the marquee. I mean, it's so much attention is on you right now as far as SummerSlam. Isn't that funny? The guy who, you know, loses 95% of the time, any chance he gets, he makes something extra special to where I might have had a match with Miz, which would have been great. It would have been fantastic. We've had 500 of them in the past, and I've had my career on the line, and it's hard to top that one. But we would have busted our butts and made something special. And then to go face-to-face with Shawn Michaels in a ring for the first time since I was Nikki in the Spirit Squad getting kicked in the face all the time, and I went, oh, man, this just feels good. I want this to happen so bad. And no matter what you think about me, my character or online or hate my guts or think whatever the hell you want, you know that match would tear down any other match that has ever been taken place in the last 25 years that I can think of. But the excitement stayed up, the emotion was there, and now I find out it's Goldberg. So as a kid, I was a fan, and I get what he does. I know his emotion. I know his excitement. I know that he's a caged bull that'd be all over the place and shooting smoke out of his out his nose as he's coming after you and just know for a fact that I know that everyone is talking about this match because half of the people online are telling me you're going to be dead in 10 seconds and the other half go I don't know man if someone could pull off win maybe it's Dolph I made an entire career out of the entire world saying maybe he can do it right now and guess what I got a lot of shooter skills in my back pocket that I plan on using and I don't think he's going to be ready for it. And I'm really looking forward to this match. And I know everyone else is talking about it. So once again, I've done my part, and we're not even there yet. I love it because at the end of Raw, you know, you, you think you're going in one direction, and then it almost goes into another one with Michaels. Like obviously, if you first come out, you think it's the Miz. You sign the contract, then it's Michaels, and Michael says it's not him. Then Goldberg comes out. It was done really, really well, and and I was you know a little bit surprised because you know you always read online, oh Goldberg is in, is in hot water with them because of the Undertaker thing in Saudi Arabia, and oh he's not talking to them. But all of a sudden he pops up, and you know obviously you were speaking of him a lot leading up to the match. So I just thought very interesting timing, right, on the fact that Goldberg showing up when he did. I thought it was very interesting, of course. Of course, me throwing out those insults. I, so for the longest time, I listened to what I was supposed to do. I did what I was supposed to, put my nose to the grindstone. And if they said, hey, you're, you know, go out there and talk about me, I did whatever I was supposed to. But the last couple months, the last couple years, whenever I can get some zings in, some digs in, and some Attitude Era guys that think they're better than us because 25 years ago everyone cheered for them and we bring them back, I know they're back for a reason. I know they're back to be a draw. I know they're back to be a special match. And I know that if I was making fun of Michaels, I was making fun of Goldberg, I was making fun of Undertaker, all those guys, I knew that at some point maybe it could pay off and someone like me could get in a ring with someone like one of them just to see if they can still go with me. I love that, you know, obviously Goldberg is back and it's going to be a huge deal. 
Is there extra added pressure on you? Like like you said, when they bring back these quote-unquote draws for special matches, is that even more added pressure on you? Because you're the guy right now who's the workhorse, the guy that can carry somebody that hasn't been around for a long time. You know, maybe an older guy like Goldberg, for instance, and obviously you're in your prime. Is that extra added pressure on you that you're going to, you know, you basically, you know, this has going to have so many eyeballs on on you. You're going to have to have a special match. Of course, but I and, and I it might sound cliche, but I've said this for like six years ago. I've come to the back after a match, and it, it might not have been the championship match, it might not have been the marquee match, it might not have been the draw match of someone coming back, but I would come to the back and say, "Follow that." And people talk about that like it's a joke. I used to say that and kick over cases of water and beg to be in the main event or beg the main event to try and follow the match that I just had. So it's not just now that I'm the guy. I've been that guy that's ready to go. We just haven't chose to go with me. And if you think that that doesn't make the chip on my shoulder 10 times bigger than anyone else in this business, you are quite mistaken because I look forward to a challenge. I look forward to 30 seconds to see if I can outdo a main event. But now I got my hands on Goldberg. Just know that one way or another, no matter what happens, I will make that so damn special that people are not going to forget about it. They're going to be talking about it the next day. I love it. You you got so many things kind of, you know, popping up in your future. Like you said, Goldberg and the, the, the Shawn Michaels tease, which is definitely out there. And obviously you signed a contract to Russell the Miz coming up, who, who's an old rival. You definitely are, are keeping yourself busy. That's for sure. And I like how you got all these things lined up as far as Miz and you were concerned, huge history, a lot of matches, What's the thoughts on, on the chemistry with Miz? Because for whatever reason, they always kind of pr- break you guys apart and put you together. It's almost like, okay, we need something good here. Let's throw out these guys that always have good chemistry together. <laughs> uh, it's funny because it goes in cycles because every couple years, the entire world tells us that we're so sick of another Miz and Dolph match. Get the hell out of here. And then every couple years, they go, oh, my God, these guys are going to tear it down. And I always wondered for the longest time, I think there was a couple times in the last few years where Miz and myself were almost kind of gravitating toward each other, almost to be on the same side. And I feel like we really could have taken over uh, one of those shows for a long, for a very long time and made something special happen. But the fact that that's never happened, we've been, like, we grew up 10 minutes away from each other, never hung out once, never talked to each other, never saw each other. And I hated Miz. I still hate Miz to, to an extent about, you know, the opportunities that he gets, but I also live for the opportunities he gets because he busts his butt. We are two very different people with two very different paths and two very different outside, uh, millions of things going on outside wrestling. But the fact that we're constantly in competition with each other and it's come around to where Miz can go with anybody also and I can go with anybody so we can kind of tear each other down. We can go head-to-head on the mic, head-to-head in the ring, or head-to-head on, you know, Jimmy Kimmel Live or something, just knowing that the two of us can go back and forth and the company will be in good hands no matter what, is a, is a nice little thing to have. Nice little caveat for the company to have when you have two stars like us. Hey, let's pause one second to tell you all about 
the benefits of using Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in the bedroom with a little help from the Triple Threat Podcast and the two-man power trip. So listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as any other pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, if you know anything about our show, we've always got to be ready. But with Blue Chew, if you can benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, then Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. So right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment for free when you use the promo code FRANCHISE and just pay $5 shipping. Again, use the promo code FRANCHISE and pay just $5 shipping. Again, it's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use the promo code FRANCHISE and try it for free, courtesy of your friends over at the two-man power trip of wrestling and the Triple Threat Podcast. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. And the things with you guys, which is very, very similar, besides obviously living very close to each other and kind of coming up in the business, around the same time but what's interesting about you guys is it's almost like they didn't have anything for you guys at the beginning it's like oh the miz oh we're going to name this guy dolph ziggler but then you guys just keep turning it up a notch and then like okay maybe these guys are better than we think and just kind of advancing your career advancing your career it's almost like that chip on your shoulder you mentioned it's almost like they're creating it even further by by not thinking much of you but then every time you hurdle that you know the obstacle gets hurdled and you just keep kind of elevating yourself right am i am i right on that it's almost like all right we're going to give him this name let's see what he does with it and then you you know you kill it then you move on to the next thing it's almost like you guys both were kind of almost left for dead but then always get brought back and always get elevated up the card and it almost seems like it's always at the very last thing. We're like, oh, we can go no more with this. Maybe we're not going to believe it. Maybe these guys don't have any more in them. And they, we go a different route, and it makes it that much more special when the jump happens. But, yeah, I think me myself, uh, yeah, I would have loved to have been Nick Nemeth. And you could Google my name and see that I broke records for pins in high school and would be all-time winning as wrestler at Kent State University. I thought that that would be a great wrestling name. Uh, but it came into, like, maybe I was just going to be some guy. I was going to be Dolph Ziggler with a weird name, shaking hands, and we'll see what happens. There was definitely no long-term plans for me, clearly. And, uh, no, and, and just like Miz, I had to overcome being a cheerleader. I got Nikki chance for the first six months of me wrestling in any match. And I had to overcome that. And, oh, that was that cheerleader guy that got beat the hell out of every single day for a year straight. We're supposed to get behind him, and then eventually I, I earned that respect to where even as a bad guy who lost, I would almost be there. And the crowd eventually knew that one day, with their help, I could possibly, you know, kick down a, a door and be in this special area and be one of these primetime guys. And I believe that that, I mean, clearly that happened when uh, I cashed in my Money in the Bank contract and became World Heavyweight Champion, and people lost their minds. I never felt anything like that in my life. I was a bad guy who lost every single match that he was in except for that briefcase match over the course <laughs> of a year. And hmm. people were begging for a chance. And the reason that that happened was because the fans didn't give up on me because WWE gave up on me and said, no, we're not going with this guy. And the fans, because of the hard work that I had put in 
and they knew what I was doing and they knew what I was trying to do were behind me. And eventually, you know, it all went away, but that's how life goes because it's show business and you just got to keep reinventing yourself. And, you know, when, uh, when the company moves the goalpost farther, you got to throw on a path and make something happen. And that is a great, great philosophy to have. And that is a, a great point. You mean, you're just basically reinvesting yourself for the company says this, well, I'm going to prove them wrong. And it seems like you kind of just keep on doing that. That is funny. You keep losing, keep losing. You cash in the money in the bank. The crowd goes nuts on raw. You beat Del Rio. And, you know, it's just an amazing moment. What was, you know, that moment like for you? Cause that's just got to be insane because you're at one point, you don't know what's going to happen. Okay. I'm going to cash it in. And the crowd just has an insane reaction. It was uh, it was unreal. I was ready for something you know special, but I was sure as hell not ready for that reaction. And it almost threw me for a loop because the camera was on me too. For a second, I go, "Oh, holy crap!" And, but I had to be all business going down there. But you know, I I me I got to enjoy that reaction and enjoy that night. But later that night, even I was already thinking, "What can I do to be this fighting champion? How can I be this this generation's Ric Flair that could represent the world title, look like a million bucks, go on a news show?" go on Fox News or Fox Business, go do stand-up and come back and still go an hour and be the champ and, and have everybody wanting to be a part of him. So I was already planning what I could possibly do because there's no, like, I, when, you, when you're someone like myself, you, you, there's no, yeah, we accomplished this goal, let's go relax. It's, oh, I did this, they're going to want to take this title away from me any the chance they get, so I need to be up my game even more. So I was already plotting and getting ready, and it's just, you know that, it's it's real. You almost I don't sleep too much because I'm constantly thinking about how to get better or do something different or what I could do, you know, to fight against this machine and and find a way to kick the door down. But isn't it funny? They always come back and they always you know, they want, <laughs> you know what I mean? They always want something from you. Isn't that funny the way that that works out? Hey, when you're uh, when you're a jack of all trades and somehow so friggin' awesome at your job. You can step in if they need you in an opening match, if they need you to go talk at a conference, or if they need you to fight for the world heavyweight title and make the entire world believe or actually see you become world champion. I don't know anyone in this business in the last 50 years that could ever do that. Absolutely. And and I just think back at some other, just quickly, just some other moments. And I always think about that feud with Jericho and how that, that kind of elevated you even further too. Cause it was always like, okay, this guy is great. This guy's great. Let's see what he's got. Is that, you know, are you kind of in, in the same thinking? Like that was, that was a great feud you had there and that kind of elevated you even further. Of course. I mean, anytime you can be in a ring with someone who has been around for so long, who's so good, who's also reinvented himself 20 different times and always come out on top and is always thinking about how to make himself better. I gravitate towards those kind of people. That's why with Jericho or Christian or Edge, those guys, I used to, you know, I used to ride uh, with Christian and Edge, and I'm friends with Jericho. We all gravitated toward each other because those guys are so good at what they do that it just makes you like, oh, they just, they never rest. They want to get better. And you're like, that's exactly why I want to get better. And that's why you gravitate towards them. And to be in the ring with them and, and, and have a back and forth for more than one night, you know, several weeks or even months, uh, it really makes me a lot better. But it also, you know, eventually I can become that Jericho guy that's given back to someone else to see if some other kid can go and hang with me. That is definitely, definitely a great point. 
And I love that kind of through your career. It's like, okay, let's make him Kerwin White's caddy, you know, as they do. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's, you know, let's make him a, a cheerleader on the Spirit Squad. Okay, you know, let's give All him right. a weird name, Dolph Ziggler. Let's see if he can get this over. You just, you know, you keep overcoming those obstacles. Do you think that one of these days that they're going to just say, all right, you know, let's uh, let's stop fooling around here and you know, let's let him run with the ball a little bit? Um, no, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, but also, I never thought I'd become world heavyweight champion. I go, I'm going to be the guy who cashed in his briefcase and loses. I'm going to be the guy just because, you know, I I got used to a certain amount. You know, after a couple of years, I'm like, they're not going with me. They're not going with me. I give them every excuse to ever to tell you no or you know, tell you to tone it down or tell you to stop being so good. And it got to a point where they were telling me to stop being so good. And I was like, this is comical that this is happening, but it was. And I go, what else can I do? So I don't see that happening. But also, I didn't see Kofi becoming world champion this year. So you never know. There's just a tiny swell. I was doing some matches with Kofi, kind of fell off a little bit, and all of a sudden, everyone is talking about this match with Goldberg and me. And 80% of them are saying, this is going to be a joke, blah, 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 whatever. And 20% go, man, I, Dolph can pull this off. Of course I can. And, uh, and like I said, I got a million plans in my head to make this the most talked about amazing thing that happens at SummerSlam. And there's a lot of huge matches, but just know that my ego is so big that I don't want anyone to overshadow what I do. I love that. I love that attitude. And obviously anytime Goldberg is around, you know that there's going to be eyeballs and attention and the fans are going to be into it. So that makes it extra special. But as we head towards the finish line here, and obviously we're going to talk about comedy in one second, but just career wise, and obviously your great run so far. We took Jericho, you know, we mentioned Edge a little bit. We talked about Del Rio for a second. But is there any other matches that really kind of stick out to you as as some of your favorites? Uh, there's a bunch. I, I mean, I, I know Kofi's the champ now and everyone talks about him, but there was a long time. There was a five, there was a four or five year run where Kofi and I, you know, we never got to talk on the microphone. We never were in any invested stories. We were just two guys constantly fighting over the Intercontinental title or the U.S. title. And we had some of the most, like, unbelievable live event matches. We got to a point where we, we were so used to each other that we had a counter, counters of counters of another counter just so we could make the match different. And we were kept pushing ourselves to, like, be the match. And we, we would be that, like, uh, intermission match. And it was basically the second main event of the show, but we wanted them to know that we were better than the main event. So we busted our butts every night, and we were young and hungry guys. And those live event matches that no one will ever see because I don't think they're filmed or anything were some of the most fun. We go out there, they're like, yeah, we kind of know Kofi. Yeah, we kind of know Dolph. And by the end of those matches, everybody was standing on their feet, not knowing how it was going to end and into it. And that is a, a, an entire job of a wrestler in and of itself let alone being one of those primetime guys on TV who has to deliver. So we always went above and beyond and pushed each other, and those matches are some of my absolute favorite matches that we've ever done. That is great, and they always say, you know, some of the matches that aren't televised are some of the best and some of the most fun for you guys. Well, you know, sometimes you have two minutes, you know, to be a part of that show because there's, all these different people and different moving parts and commercials and all this stuff. But so on live events, you know, especially after you, you know, <clears throat> you worked your way up and 
you've shown them that you can do some fantastic things, you get some leeway, you get some time, and, you know, you go, I'm going to make this special for these fans at this live event because it, it really is cool to get back to those people who aren't just watching the show at home. They come to the live crowd and interact with you, and then you go, I'm going to make this extra special tonight. Now, where do you see yourself in five years? Obviously, you know, you, you've got a lot of stuff going on in comedy world and WB, but where do you see yourself? Like, I know you said you don't like to take days off, but do you see yourself maybe – splitting time doing both you see yourself maybe doing more comedy than wrestling like, how do you see yourself in five years it's really hard to say because i in the weirdest way i've been so stupidly lucky with injuries like i said earlier that i almost have never gone away i've never even got like a knee scope i've never done anything and we have this crazy job where we are falling down 500 times a week and we're crazy anything can happen at any time and get injured get hurt whatever it is and i've been so fortunate that i say in five years if I am still very lucky to be doing what I'm doing at this level and be this healthy without any crazy injuries, then it'll be time to talk like let's start splitting it off in half or let's go see, do some comedy and movies and then come by, you know, and kind of show up and do something special with some young guy and then disappear for a little bit. But until then, I, I, it's really hard to speak on that because uh, WWE doesn't even want me to like, go part-time they want me there as much as i can be every single day just because they know what i'm capable of and i and i completely understand and of course SummerSlam eve toronto roadhouse at the rec room you will be there doing your comedy show and obviously you know you got some other comedy tours as far as beyond that you got some other shows coming up as well but please give us one last big push for SummerSlam eve Oh, it's going to be great. I, I'm telling you, the DZ and Friends shows have been off the hook the last couple times, and every time there's a big pay-per-view, everybody's in town. Like I said, the fans come all over, and the superstars come from all over, and some of them want to tell jokes. Some of them want to sing a song. Some of them want to kick me in the face. Some of them want to roast me and do whatever. There's going to be tons of surprise guests. Of course, the VIP meet and greet where you talk to me, get some pictures, get things signed, anything you want to do. I'm, I'm all about it because it is a grassroots movement of making these shows bigger and better. And absolutely the main event of the show is the live Q&A with me. And I give you the most candid answers anyone can because anyone else would get fired if they talked the way I did. <laughs> that is great stuff. And I highly, highly recommend Anybody that's in the Toronto area, head over to the rec room on SummerSlam Eve. Now, Dolph, please give us some of your social media plugs as well. Oh, uh, at, on Twitter, I'm at Heel Ziggler. And on Instagram, I'm at Heel Ziggler, too. But the, the best way to contact me or if, like, a bunch of people will go, hey, there's this crowd uh, that we're, we're trying to get a show together. We want to bring you into this city and this city. Tag the city, uh, the comedy club. And tag me on it, and I'll put it over to Sarah Tiana, and she calls all the shots because she's the headliner everywhere. And her and I bounce around all over the place. And uh, Saturday night we'll be doing the big show, and then her and I will be off to Lexington, Kentucky that that uh, Wednesday. Nice. That is great. And, uh, Dolph, thank you uh, for all the time. And just one last final thing. Give us a prediction, a final prediction for SummerSlam, you versus Goldberg, this Sunday. I think the buildup's going to be pretty exciting in that match. I'm calling it right now. I, I make Goldberg tap out in the middle of that ring. Wow. Ball. Nice. I'm calling it wow. right now. Wow. Definitely, definitely looking forward to that and obviously looking forward to the rec room as well. So, Dolph, thank you so much for all the time you gave tonight. I really, really appreciate it. 
course. And though, for those of you that wanted to go see NXT, which a bunch of people brought this up earlier, I'm doing the show after NXT and right nearby at the rec room. Also, the fans can see as many options and shows that they possibly can because that's what that weekend's about. Well, perfect. Make it an NXT, Dolph Ziggler, and SummerSlam weekend. You do a triple threat right there. Heck yeah, look at that. Awesome. Perfect. Well, Dolph, thank you so much, and good luck not only with the comedy show with Sarah, but good luck with this Sunday with Goldberg. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.